Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're speaking of travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Hey, and be sure to go to the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. There you're going to find new travel tips and stories and links to podcasts. And you can join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. Coming up in 2018, we're going to have a lot of fun things going on. So be sure to get your name out there to the list. That's speakingoftravel.net. Hey, and here's one more thing I want to remind you. Asheville, North Carolina is such a beautiful place to visit any time of the year. But if you're traveling in and out of the Asheville region, be sure to fly in or out of the Asheville Regional Airport because you know what? When you're home, you're home. I've got some friends who have been staying. They've been visiting from out of town and they flew into Asheville, settled in for a couple of days just to check out the place. And you know what? They bought a house. They bought the house through Appalachian Realty. No kidding. They went to visit my friends down there on Arlington Place. That's AppalachianRealty.com. And within four days, they are now the proud owners of the cutest little bungalow right here in Asheville. So there's a lot that's going on. You need to check it out. And in the meantime, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app because you can listen to Speaking of Travel anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world. And that is really awesome. So let me ask you this. Do you allow yourself to be inspired to make change happen? Well, my guest today asks, are you ready to live the life that is waiting for you? Michelle Zaire had a vision that came to her in 2008 as she was completing her hike of the entire 2,175-mile Appalachian Trail. Now, let that sink in for a minute. 2,175 miles on foot. Michelle, I am so excited to have you on the show today, and I can't wait to hear more about this experience you had. Well, thank you so much for having me, Marilyn. I am so excited to be here and to share about the journey. Well, it is a journey, and it continues because that really, it sounds like, was just the beginning for you of a life that, it sounds, was just meant to be for you. Give us a little bit of background, where you're from. Who who are you, Michelle? Give us some some background. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, actually the, the Appalachian Trail was, I think of my life as before the AT and after the AT. And, um, you know, I would say I'm a woman. I've lived um, in a lot of different parts of the country, and I've, you know, grew up for over 20 years in Oklahoma, in fact, and um, lived in Hawaii for a while. I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and um, I've tried a lot of different careers, and my heart, you know, just wouldn't settle for the paycheck and the benefits. I needed to feel like I was on fire about the work that I was putting into the world. So, you know, when the Appalachian Trail um, kind of came into my life, I was in graduate school um, getting a, a second master's degree in social justice education, and, you know, I was learning about the in, intense stuff with how um, oppression and violence operate in our culture, and I got a little overwhelmed, and I had four classes 
Mountains and one paper before I graduated, and I quit grad school to go backpack the Appalachian Trail because I needed a lot of time to think about what was my place in this world um, as a woman who wanted to create positive change and social equality for everybody. Wow. So what made you think of the AT? There are a lot of different trails, a lot of different places where you can go clear your head. What was it about the AT that was speaking to you? Well, this is this is the beauty, I think, of kind of life in general. Um, I didn't know about the Appalachian Trail um, when I was feeling this sort of overwhelm in grad school. And as life does, um, I had a friend mail me Bill Bryson's book, A Walk in the Woods, just out of the blue one day. And it sat on a table for months. And then finally one day I picked it up and um, read a, started reading the book and was enjoying it. And, and I was like, what is this Appalachian Trail? I've never heard of it. And um, that's how the AT found me. And then I went online and I started finding journals of people who were hiking it. And there was just this day that I realized this is this is what I've got to go do, even though I've never backpacked. I don't own any gear. I don't know anything about backpacking. I was like, I just have to go do this. So that's when I quit school and I spent the next year working three jobs, educating myself, saving the money and buying the gear. And in March of 2007, I found myself on Springer Mountain down in Georgia and started walking north. Wow. Well, give us some idea of what it was like during that that year, kind of that gap year between letting go of grad school and knowing that you've got this new life ahead of you. You talk about, you know, doing the research and buying the gear. How did you go about even doing that? Well, you know, I found um, some really great websites and resources around, and, you know, the Appalachian Trail has a huge community, and um, there are two websites, whiteblaze.net um, and then trailjournals.com, and trailjournals.com was really a huge resource because it's a bunch of people who can write a journal online and a lot of information, and you're getting real stories of people who are doing long-distance hiking, and you can ask questions, and, you know, I just started kind of hunkering down and getting clear on what gear do I need. And, you know, I mean, I was working a lot, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to actually go out and practice backpacking, but I kind of knew that the trail would get me into shape once I got out there. And so that whole year I was just saving the money. And, you know, I knew in my heart I had to go do this, even though it sounded like the craziest idea to everybody in my life. I just knew I had to go do it. That is that is how life works sometimes, you know. <laughs> but let's go back just a minute. You talked about being uh, in the Marines and serving our country in the Marines, that in itself is very challenging. And did you feel that that was a calling as well when you were at that stage of your life? Well, you know, the Marine Corps found me in an interesting way as well. I was, um, I served during 1996 to 2000, and um, I was getting ready to graduate with my music education degree, a bachelor's degree, and knew that I just wanted to keep playing music. So actually, when um, the Marine Corps found me, I decided I wanted to audition for one of the Marine bands, and um, I auditioned and I made it. So I joined the Marine Corps and um, played music for four years, and then I was also a marksmanship instructor. Um, where I taught the Marines how to shoot the M16 and a 9mm pistol because I happened to be good at it and didn't realize that was a skill I had until I got into the military. Um, but, you know, that was more of a, a calling to do what I wanted to love or to do what I love to do. 
um, in a way that was a little bit more stable than just going out and trying to become a professional musician in, in an orchestra somewhere, because those, those jobs are a little bit harder to come by. Well, I'll tell you, Michelle, it, 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 this is like going against the cultural grain, in a way, as a woman, uh, but following your dreams, feeling this calling, knowing that this is something that you really wanted to do. And I bet being in the Marines and being in this um, band took you to a lot of locations and allowed you to travel some, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's fun you bring up going against the cultural grain because I think if there's one thing I would say that I kind of am about in my life as a woman is it just seems like I'm always drawn to things that women are not traditionally drawn to do. Um, and that's just who I am, and so I've had to honor that my whole life. But then that also, you know, fed into my vision of what I actually – the work that I do in the world right now. But, you know, going back to what you were saying, of course, the Marine Corps gave me some opportunities to travel, um, you know, to – Fiji and the Kingdom of Tonga and Australia and Singapore and and I got to live in Hawaii for three years because that's actually where I was stationed. So um, the Marine Forces Pacific Band, in fact, is, is the unit that I was attached to. And um, you know, I, I do not regret it at all having served the, my country. Um, but you know, there were bigger and better things that I felt like um, were calling me, and so it was time to, to get out in 2000 and, and see what the next adventure was going to be. Well, Michelle, you really are. You know, this is so timely right now. And when we come back from the break, I want to pick up right there and talk more about uh, kind of this going against the cultural grain because today, you know, women are really stepping out. It's like all of a sudden there's this window of opportunity where women are looking at women like you and saying, wow, this is becoming hopefully more of the new norm. So I want to thank you, A, for your service to our country and for setting what I'm hoping will be a new norm. And when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there and keep on going. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Michelle Zare. She is talking to us about her life and her journeys, and I can't wait to find out what's next. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 
70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina Magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract, engage, and connect with Latino customers. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the all new Speaking of Travel Travel Club. There's a nice little link there where you can fill out your name and your email address, and I'll be sending out newsletters and Moving into next year, we're going to be doing some fun things, so get on board. Well, I am so excited today to have my guest, Michelle Zare. She is an incredible woman who has a life path that is so inspiring. Welcome back to the show, Michelle. I just can't wait to start talking again. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Michelle, you've got a lot... um, a lot going on. You, you, uh, you went. You served our country. You went to grad school. You've got, you know, you've got the credentials. But you, you kind of put a halt on all of that and decided to walk the entire Appalachian Trail, two thousand one hundred and seventy-five miles. When you did that, were you looking at doing it consecutively, like starting here and ending here? Um, yeah, you know, originally, um, you know. My plan was just start walking north and to try to complete the trail um, in one season in 2007. But, you know, life is life, and life sort of happened while I was out there, and a lot of things started changing in my life. So um, I got off the trail about a 1,000 miles in and um, went and took care of some personal things. And then uh, by that point, it was too late to start back again and walk north because the weather would um, shut down Mount Katahdin, which is at the very end. So I decided to, you know, um, go to a agency, and I worked in a little cubicle as a, an accounts payable clerk um, over the winter, and it reminded me once again why I needed to be back out in the woods, and um, went back out in 2008 exactly where I left off, and then finished the whole thing, and, um, you know, I'm really actually grateful um, that I got to do it that way, because, you know, in 2008, when I completed the trail, I spent six months doing what most people do in three, and my motto the whole time was that it was about the journey, not the goal, because I really was out there to do some pretty significant soul-searching. So I had the glorious privilege of spending 10 months total um, on what I think is one of the nation's greatest treasures, the Appalachian Trail. So, yeah, um, the plan originally was to do the whole thing in one season, but you know what? you got to go with the flow, and that's what traveling and adventures always teach you. That is absolutely true. And the soul-searching part. Let's talk a little bit more about that, because here you are, you're out in the wilderness, you're on your own, you're carrying everything on your back, uh, you know, hiking through through the forest. And I know I live in the forest. It's magical, and um, you can't even describe it sometimes. But tell us a little bit about what was going on in your soul at that point. 
Yeah, so, you know, I, I was just trying to figure out what were my gifts and, and how did my gifts want to be brought forth into this world to create a better world? I mean, that's kind of a big question, but, you know, that's truly what I was out there asking. And, um, you know, the 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 thing that was a surprise to me that I didn't expect was that spending that much time out in nature, um, and you know what, there is nothing that's going to push us past our comfort zones faster than Mother Nature, because none of us have any control whatsoever what's, with what's going on outside of our homes, right? When we're in nature, you're on Mother Nature's terms. And um, to my great surprise, it's when I personally started um, connecting more deeply with the earth and kind of the magical healing powers and, um, you know, really soul messages that can be given to you if we just learn how to reconnect to the natural world. And, you know, we live in a very insulated society now, and a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in nature. So when I went out there, it just allowed all the clutter and all of the busyness in my mind to kind of just subside. And I got really quiet and was able to just receive a lot of inspiration. And also it gave me a lot of faith back in humanity because a lot of great people showed up just when I needed them um, to help me out at various times during my hike. So, you know, my soul got a huge feeding from that entire experience of backpacking the AT. That is such a beautiful thing. So when you came back, uh, you finished up and, and you came back. What what was your kind of jumping off point? What did you feel needed to happen at that point? Yeah, because you know, I have to tell you, coming off of a, a long soul journey like that, the re-entry into, quote, normal life is pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was having meltdowns standing at gas stations, you know, pumping gas in the car because I was like, ah, yesterday I didn't know where I was going to get water. And today I'm like listening to people complain about not having the right nail polish, you know. Um, and so I, I, there was a big disconnect from what I thought was important. But what I ended up doing was I did finish my master's degree. Um, I did, you you know, re-enroll in school, I finished those four classes, and, and the beautiful thing, and this is what we can't ever predict, but the beautiful thing that happened was that I got to write my master's thesis, and, and I did an eco-feminist analysis of the Appalachian Trail hiking culture. So, at, you know, my professor was like, of course, you know, you just had this amazing experience, and you can see how we continue overlaying our sort of human categories and class systems on, onto the earth, you know, the Appalachian Trail, she doesn't care if you're a through hiker or a section hiker or a day hiker, but there are people out there who really do care about those labels and those kind of class systems. So, you know, it really gave me a lot to think about. And, you know, so it ended up working out perfectly. I finished the degree, and then the next part of my life started, which was, I, um, you know, the social justice part of me. I started working as an advocate for survivors of sexual violence. And um, little did I know at that time that if you fast forward to, you know, just a couple of years ago, the merging of my love of Mother Nature and working as a social justice advocate to end sexual and domestic violence um, came together in the work that I do now. So you just never know how these things are all going to connect. You never do. And, and that's, that's the important message here is to begin paying attention. Like, just pay attention. It's around. Mm-hmm. It's out there. So what did you do? You, you wrote your thesis. You finished your grad work. And you graduated where where did you step off from there? So 
um, you know, I, I worked, you know, in a nonprofit for a while, and and then I went up to the state level, um, working on a grant uh, to end violence against women. But you know, I have to tell you, there were some seeds planted on my my journey on the AT that kind of just wouldn't let me go. And you know, I'm just not cut out to be a cubicle girl. I, I need to be in the trenches with the people. I need to be out there getting dirty in the community, you know, and and doing the hard work in that area, and, and not sitting in a cubicle. And there's nothing against people who work in cubicles, but it's just not for me. Um, and so I, I finally hit another sort of wall in my work and realized I'm going to have to have the courage to take this enormous leap. And this idea that kept, you know, coming to me in little bits and pieces while I was out on the AT finally came into form. And I decided in 2013 to start my own small business. And the name of it is We Too, W-E in the number two. And it stands for Women's Experiential Empowerment. And I kind of like grabbed all these crazy skills that I have um, that a lot of them are not traditional skills that women have and pulled those together and into a business where I offer, you know, various services like self-defense classes for women or, you know, one-on-one empowerment coaching. I can do public speaking and all kinds of things. So, you know, that's actually where that ended up going and doing some consulting work and professional development trainings um, and it, all with the message of helping women and encouraging women and inviting women to challenge these self-limiting beliefs that we we are kind of programmed with in our culture. And, you know, so that all women feel as comfortable as I do saying yes to something that seems terrifying because I know if I say yes to what I'm fearful of, then I'm going to grow because of it. And if that's not what we're here to do, then I'm not quite sure why we're here. Well, I applaud you and thank you again because this is such important uh topic. Uh, it's it's a topic that needs to be further explored. And, you know, and the timing couldn't be better. We are finally at a time where hopefully more and more people are starting to pay attention. So, Michelle, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there. In the meantime, what is your website? I want to make sure we get that out there as much as possible. Okay. Um, my We Too website is www.we and the number two empower. So e m p o w e r dot com. We Too Empower dot com. Well, we we too empower. So thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the show. When we come back from the break, we'll pick up right right where we left off and keep on going because this is some important work being done. And I thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much. You bet. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back right after the break. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Have you ever been to the airport and thought, why is this line taking so long? Security screening, boarding an aircraft. Well, the reality is that a lot of the efficiency can be improved if travelers understand how they can help that situation go more smoothly. So remember that how you behave during screening and boarding of an aircraft can affect the efficiency of the travel experience for you and everyone around you. Be respectful of others. Understand what you need to do at the screening checkpoint before you enter the line. Be ready. Board the plane in the correct zone indicated on your boarding pass. Stow luggage near your seat as quickly as possible. 
All of these things will help the travel experience go even more smoothly. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're here listening on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Hey, it's that time again. It's tailgating down south with my good pal, Doc Lawrence. Doc, where are you? Baton Rouge, my dear. We are partying down here, and this is the way to really begin the holiday season. Uh, if you've got a little French blood in you, you know how to party. And these people at uh, LSU, they own tailgating. I, I tell you, nobody does it like them. There's not a close second to them. Uh, frankly, we cheated a little bit, and we spent the night uh, in New Orleans last night. Why not? and had dinner at Dickie Brennan Steakhouse, some oysters over at Pascal's Benali, and then hit the road up here to Baton Rouge. I'm telling you, Maryland, there's 40,000 at least. Vans, SUVs, campers, trucks, cars, tents, tables out here. There's music, live music everywhere. And people are dancing. This is a dancing culture here. I don't care what age you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care where you came from. When you're here, you dance and you eat and you drink. And if you're a stranger here, they'll share. Uh, There's so much color here, it's hard to describe. You know, Baton Rouge is the capital of this wonderful state. It's also, of course, the home of LSU, the the renowned university with so much tradition. The uh, LSU uh, marching band song, the lyrics were written by Huey Long. The governor of Louisiana, who was assassinated right up the street in the state capitol. The place that just drips with history and color and pageantry. But here it's about food and it's about beverages. If you don't like good food and you don't like to drink good things, particularly French wine, you don't need to come here because it's everywhere. And for me, for some reason, it's free. These people are always trying to force me to eat things. Uh, how much gumbo can I eat? How much jambalaya can I eat? How many baked oysters Rockefeller can I eat? The answer to that is my secret, but I'll give you a hint. It's an awful lot. Uh, this is this parking lot is where you see celebrities. I think I saw James Carville. Y'all see him on TV all the time just a moment ago. And I know I saw General Russell Honoré, the military hero that rescued the the 
the victims of Katrina. Never will forget that dramatic moment. And uh, saw him, lovely man, just a few minutes ago. No telling who else is around here. I might even bump into Emerald. Who knows? Uh, you don't have to go to LSU to be an LSU fan here. You come here to Baton Rouge to party and to eat and to drink, which is exactly what I'm doing. Now, they've got a great word here if you deserve something extra, if you a real treat that you didn't know about, a way of telling a guest that we're glad to have you, we want you back, and it's called a lanyap. A lanyap here is usually food, but it can be just a wish. May I take a moment before I sign off this week to wish everybody, everybody on Maryland Ball's wonderful, speaking of travel show, a wonderful holiday season, and let's keep up the good work. This is Doc Lawrence from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. See you next week. Well, thanks, Doc. And welcome back, Michelle. It is so great to have you on the show today. Michelle Zare is here with us talking about her journey, uh, walking the Appalachian Trail, and her transition into just really what's becoming a life journey for her and for so many, so many others. Michelle, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. So, Michelle, we were talking before the break about um, your your organization that you started, the We W E and the Number Two. Tell us a little bit more about that and and how that has grown and and what else you're doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, when anytime you give birth to a, a vision or something that's never existed before, it's it's kind of like you you realize you're sort of making it up as you go. Um, and so, again, I kind of just, you know, my time on the Appalachian Trail has affected the way I actually move through my entire life now. And so much like on the AT, you sort of have to surrender control to how you think things should work out and just be open to what life is offering to you. So that's how I approach things with We Too. And, you know, it ended up bringing me into the realm of some public speaking, uh, which I love doing. Um, and that landed me a, um, a publicist who got me connected to a book agent and, and, you know, I, I did write a journal um, for my Appalachian Trail hike in real time, and it's out there on trailjournals.com. I wrote every single day that I hiked, including the year that it took me to get out there. So it's very comprehensive, and it's also very authentic. Um, I don't sit there and act like every single day was beautiful and perfect. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just sort of gone into this realm of becoming more creative and sort of offering the wisdom that I have gained from my own journeys and travels, and then eventually. Eventually, um, it led to my work as an advocate for survivors of sexual violence. I, I met a woman who started this beautiful uh, nature-based program for survivors for healing, and, um, and she asked me if I would take her vision and grow it because she was going to do it for 10 years and was going to be finished with it. So now, um, in 2015, I created a nonprofit organization called the Center for Earth-Based Healing, and we offer trauma-informed ecotherapy programs for survivors of sexual and domestic violence. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this is this is allowing me to combine my two loves, which is the healing powers of Mother Nature and also healing for trauma survivors. And right now, um, the folks who attend our programs are, are women and soon to be older teen girls, um, but we are also working on figuring out ways to access all um, survivors, which include men and boys and, and every population of person. So, you know, it's 
um, again, the Appalachian Trail is really greatly influenced the way I'm even moving through this now new journey um, to bring this vision into the world and to not get too hung up on how I think it should go, but also just respond to life as it presents opportunities for me. That's such a beautiful uh, transition. And, you know, when you when you talked to us earlier about being on the AT and doing this soul searching and reaching down into, you know, the depths of your soul um, and really not knowing what the outcome was going to be, but just recognizing that you were open and that is how you're now moving through your life. Um, what would you, how would you uh, perhaps guide somebody to begin at least opening up their mind to to moving in that type of direction? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, um, a lot of people think you're crazy and and say that to your face when you tell them you do things like I've done in my life. Um, But here's, honestly, this is how I did it. Um, You know, after the Appalachian Trail and after I realized kind of how life can be very magical if you if you start learning how to move through life this way. So what I recommend for anybody who wants to start, you know, connecting more to their soul's calling instead of the calling of what our culture tells us we're supposed to do in our life, um, start with something small that doesn't feel like you're going to be annihilated or, you know, homeless if you, if you try this. So, for instance, um, I just got back from a vacation in Northern California and, again, inspired by the Appalachian Trail, I had a four-day retreat that I was attending, but for the next six days after that retreat, I kind of, but I say AT'd it, and I didn't plan anything. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know who I was staying with, and I didn't have a car. And I was three hours north of San Francisco, and I had to be at the airport six days later. Um, I knew people in the area, so that was, you know, again, a little bit of a safety factor. But I have to tell you, my entire vacation was the most magical time I have ever had on a vacation. And it was because I didn't try to control everything. I just allowed myself to receive and respond to what life wanted to have happen, and it was truly the most amazing vacation I've ever had in my life. So start small. Start with small things. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that, and I love this idea of receiving and responding. What a beautiful concept. Michelle Zare, thank you so much for being on the show, and when we come back, I want to talk more about that and talk more about your website and and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about your music mm. thank you so much for being here today thank you you bet this is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel we'll be back right after the break Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office 
office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, if you're coming into the Asheville area, you need to check out the Asheville Regional Airport. They have flights coming in and out to so many dif- different destinations, and it's a it's a go-to place. It's a comfy place. It, it The Asheville Regional Airport really reflects what this community is all about. It's, it's a great, comfortable place. And when you're home, you're home. There's no road trip involved. So check it out, the Asheville Regional Airport. Be sure to check out Appalachian Realty, my good friends over there on Arlington Place. They can get you set up with a really nice little bungalow or a a farm out in the country. And, you know, living in nature is really pretty cool. And and my guest today, Michelle Zare, can can attest to that. Michelle, thank you so much. You were telling us during the break that you live on, uh, what, 11 acres out there in Virginia? Yeah, I'm uh, fortunate to live on 11 acres, literally in the woods, um, by myself, and I'm totally loving it out here, and it's kind of hard to get me out of my house most of the time. I bet. And, you know, there's so much to be said for living in nature, and especially having had the path that you've had being a part of Mother Nature on such a, a intimate level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. um you know, it, it like I said, the Appalachian Trail literally changed me. I say at the cellular level, um, and you know, it's not it's not just about oh, you know, nature's so beautiful, but it's also thinking about the fact that our bodies um, and our nervous systems really have not evolved quickly enough, nor maybe maybe they shouldn't, um, to all the stimuli that we have going on in our lives now. And you know, our bodies it was about 100 years ago, 150 years ago, everybody lived more closely with the earth. So, you know, I just know that I feel better being out in nature than I do being in a town. And so um, the universe provided this amazing house for me to live in. You know, I love your website, and I, and I want to make sure that people know how to contact you, but you've got this great quote by Joseph Campbell. It says, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life so much as the experience of being alive. Yeah. That just really sums it up. It, you know what? It absolutely does. That's, to me, that's truly what the soul's journey is about, what we're all really here to do is experience what is it like to be alive. And, you know, if you ever go out on an adventure with your friends or there's some unexpected thing that happens, the things that we keep telling stories about years and years and years after that are the things that were, like, surprising and maybe a little scary and the things that made us feel most alive. And it's not about, you know, getting up and having everything controlled and planned every single day. You know, that's okay. We have to do that. But, man, we feel alive when we're actually in situations where we don't have any control. That's the whole deal. That is an incredible place to be in your life. So talk to us a little bit more. You're talking about keeping a journal.
journal in real time when you were yeah. walking the trail. And that there's a website, trailjournals.com. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so it's a great website. Um, I throw out a, a big hey to the guys who run this thing because it's a, you know, anybody who hikes a long trail anywhere in the world can go and start their own online journal for free. And so if you go to trail journals, and that's with an S at the end, dot com, and if in the search box you, box, you type in the word certain, C-E-R-T-A-I-N, because that was my trail name, um, and I was always certain that everything was going to work out. And so uh, that's how I ended up with that name. You can find my journal, and um, literally every single day that I hiked, and there's over 4,000 pictures, and I was very, very authentic about that experience. Um, I, you know, I, I talk about the frustrations and, you know, the hard days out there and the stuff that I was thinking about, and I hiked most of it entirely by myself. So um, if you're interested in reading about the journey, um, go to trailjournals.com and type in certain in the, ser- in the search box. Well, I'm just curious, how did your, how did your hiking boots hold up? Well, you know, I went through a few pairs, <laughs> and um, it took me a while, actually, to find the shoes that really worked for me. So I um, ended up probably going through five pairs of shoes, I mean, mainly because I wore them out. You, you know, 2,175 miles is a, is a lot for a pair of shoes. So um, I ended up wearing Keens, and, and they worked good for my feet, And but, you know, that's an individual choice for everybody. So I always say find the ones that fit your feet perfectly. Exactly. And there's so many resources, like you were saying earlier, to find out all this information that you need to get started. But I really love the way that, um, you know, that you talk about taking literally one step at a time, like being able to take things in a in a small practice realm and see how that goes and then go to the next step. That's that seems so um, doable. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I had a big wake-up call my very first day on the Appalachian Trail because until you get there, you're thinking Georgia to Maine, you know, in your mind. And then my very first day on the Appalachian Trail, I literally hiked 4.9 miles, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was like, wow, my feet are killing me. And, you know, and I hadn't even, like, climbed up a huge mountain yet. Um, and that's when I adjusted the way I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not about getting to Maine. Maybe it's about for today, my next campsite. And then eventually I realized, kind of just thinking about it from town to town where I would resupply and take a shower and, you know, get a bunch of real food to eat, um, that ended up being the way that I kind of had to think about it. And I still use that in my life today and even in my work today because, you know, if we start thinking about the end, the end goal, it can become very overwhelming and then we miss. We miss the important stuff and the stuff that life is putting before us right now if we get too obsessed with the goal. Absolutely. And that's why they say the journey is the gift. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Michelle, tell us again how people can get tuned in to what you're doing, not only with your um, with the journal, but with these wonderful programs that you have, your We Too, and also the Center for Earth-Based Healing. Yeah. So um, with We Too, again, you can go to WE and the number two empower.com and uh, look around the website and then also if you go to the link that says creative confessions um, that's where my music is Um, you know after I got out of the Marine Corps in 2000 I walked away from music for almost 15 years because I just kind of had had enough of it but again because of another adventure I'd gone on I fasted alone for four days and four nights in the Mojave Desert 
uh, with a group of people about four years ago, and two great horned owls brought music back into my life, and now it's a huge part of of my life again. So um, I play music for me now and nobody else. And um, I, I, I don't mean, I just mean it's not my job. So if folks want to go check that out, they can. And uh, my nonprofit, if anyone's looking for something to make a contribution to, tax deductible for the holidays, you can go to earthbasedhealing.org. Um, check out our programs and um, see what we're up to there. And then, of course, if you want to read about my Appalachian Trail um, adventure, go to trailjournals.com and type in a certain in the search box. Well, Michelle, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today. And and I have to say, I am really looking forward to meeting you because I think you and I are going to be fast friends. I just have that that intuition, if you know I, what I, I mean. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to have you on the show. And I can't wait for my listeners to get in touch and, and find out more about you what you're doing and and listen to your music. I have to say I really enjoyed finding that when I was kind of perusing around your website. It was like, oh, look, here's Michelle's music and your words. You have the lyrics there. They're so beautiful. You're not just a musician. You really are a poet. And oh, thank you. Thank it, you so much. And I, I am truly grateful for the opportunity to, to have this talk with you today. I, I'm very, very appreciative. So thanks so much. You bet. Well, Michelle, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and you need to get yourself over here to Asheville so we can go hike the the Appalachian. We even have the uh, the Mountain to the Sea Trail is cuts I know. right here. I have not done that yet. Maybe we should do parts of that together. I think we should. So thank you again, calling us from Virginia, from your place out there in Virginia. And Michelle, I look forward to doing this again sometime, maybe in 2018, doing Sounds a catch-up. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. That was Michelle Zare. She is um, she's amazing. So check out her websites. Get in Get in touch, connect with her. This is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out this week and put one foot in front of the other. Try something new. Step out. Well, what they tell me in Taekwondo, get off the line. Step off the line a little bit, you know? And remember, when you go out there, don't postpone joy. Joy.